This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that I feel yet in this place. Lord, I don't know all the names of everyone who gave their life to Christ in the last service, but I want to thank you that that a young lady who's brand new in the United States uh, came with her family in that last service and she gave her heart to you. Lord, I know that heaven rejoices at all of those that were saved. Lord, I pray that you'll speak to everyone that's here, everyone that's listening. And everyone who is a part of this at whatever time, and let them know that they are loved by you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, as we get over to John chapter 3, we have concluded now our nine-part unintended series. We finished it Wednesday night. I thought you would cheer about that. I didn't know. You're like, well, it's over. Praise God. We finished it Wednesday night and we realized that God has done so much for us. As we don't look at what's in front of us, we look ahead to those things that are beyond our normal vision. But today we began a new series. And in the first service, it didn't go so well. I didn't, I only made it out of the introduction of this message. But we began a new series today that I want to talk with you about. And it's so important, and it comes from John chapter 3 and verse number 16. And because this is such a popular verse, do not allow it to lose its strength in your life, okay? John 3 and 16 says this, For God, now now remember last time I would say to you, uh, I'd say a part of it and you had to say it back, right? We're going to do the same thing. For God, what's the next two words? Oh, you don't even have to do it twice. You got it. For God so loved the world. He so loved us. He loves us so much. Sometimes there are things in your life that you like. Sometimes there's some stuff in your life that you you love. Sometimes there's some things in your life that you love so much that if your wife puts her fork back in your dessert plate, there's going to be war. We were out with some folks last night for dinner and something was said about the dessert and she she volunteered to take and trade desserts with me so that I could have hers. And she took the one that I so loved and took it for herself. <laughs> it's probably in the refrigerator at home. I'll love it more later. Come on, amen. But listen to me. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Now I want you to imagine, as it were, for just a moment, how much God loves us and how shocking His love is for us. When we think of ourselves in relation to the world, we see ourselves as the uh, as the, the pinnacle of society. We see our, ourselves as that, you know, upon the earth, man is supreme. But the reality is that we are not the only beings that God created. We're not the only beings that God uh, brought into a play that we see in Scripture. There's all of these amazing beings that we see, like in the book of Revelation, when it talks about that there's angels. 
And there's seraphim and, and cherubims. And there's all these elders. And there's all of, I mean, some of these mighty archangels and warring angels that, that Scripture speaks of them, that when they, they walk, that, 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 that literally the shimmer of the, of, the, of the light that brought glory to God, how they move. Would it not be so amazing that if we could somehow move and bring God glory? Would that not be unbelievable? But yet, God in heaven made these gigantic, I mean, Lucifer himself, before he fell, Scripture says that, that, that within him was basically every instrument known to mankind, and then he would create these beautiful symphonies of worship before the throne of God, and he could ascend into the, the hill up above where others could go into the, that, that's a, a smoke-ridden place there of the glory of God, and, and he would go to that place, and this amazing creature, and somehow as the all of heaven waits, Heaven watches in just, just an astonishment as the king of glory, the majestic mighty, I, I can't even without, I can't even talk about him without wanting to praise him. The glory of heaven itself gets up off of his throne. He takes off the robes of his own glory. He walks past all of these creatures that are just majestic in so many ways, and as he walks past them all, he comes down to earth and puts on the robes of humanity, and he goes past everything, the heavens and the earth that is declaring the glory of God. All of these things that are, that are, that are, are at play within our universe, everything that's declaring the glory of God, and all of a sudden, he reaches down to a dirty creation that is fallen and stained and broken. And he says, watch this. I choose you. Many theologians believe that the, that the assault against the throne of God that's described with Lucifer's fall was not against the Father, but was against the Son out of revolt because they did not understand the glory of this one who would stoop to love a fallen creation. But yet, He so loved us. Now that may seem strange to us, but I guarantee you there's some broken things in your life that you so love that you'd be quite upset if they were messed with. Does anybody have a recliner that has seen better days? But if somebody gets near your recliner and tries to move it from the house, it will be an act of war. In my life, it wasn't a recliner. It wasn't something sitting around the house. It was a t-shirt. A t-shirt that was the best t-shirt that we've ever had made here in our ministry. I don't know what happened. I used to have a friend that would make the best biscuits that you ever had. And, and I'd ask him, what makes your biscuits uh, special? And he would say, he would say, he said, because I pray over them while I'm making them. I believe that somebody had to be praying if they were making that shirt because when I put that shirt on, I don't care how bad the day the world had been and the day was, I just went, you know the problem with that shirt? It didn't last forever. It became full of, you ready for this? Holes. It became a holy shirt. 
And every time I'd put that shirt on, I have one shirt that I, I don't even like, but every time I put that shirt on, Christina says, looking good. I wear that shirt as much as possible. Every time I would put the shirt on that I was comfortable with, she would say, get that nasty thing off. But it was so loved. It was something that I treasured and that I desired, that it brought me a sense of comfort. And you're going, Pastor Don, what does this have to do with anything? I want you to understand that you may not look perfect, and you may not have everything that everybody else has, and your life may be broken and stained, and you may, because I feel the Holy Spirit is I'm speaking to you, and you may have a thousand reasons why you don't measure up to everybody else's standards, but the God of glory walked past everything that everybody else thought was magnificent, and He reached down, and He picked you up, and He said, I can wrap my in this and I will take this in its holy or unholy state as it were and I will wrap myself in this and I can use this for the glory of God that's how good our God is that's how amazing our God is we have a perfect example of this out of the Christmas story that we find in Luke chapter 1 and it's a very simple moment in time it seems like but so profound it says in Luke chapter 1 verse number 26 it says in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy God sent the angel uh, Gabriel to Nazareth to a town in Galilee God sends this this unbelievable being to this desecrated place to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph So you've got to understand, read this in. He sends this great being to a forgotten girl in a forgotten land who really doesn't have a future. Joseph, her husband-to-be, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was who? Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are, watch this, you who are highly favored. Can I, can I retranslate that for you? You who are so loved. The Lord is with you. Can I tell you that one of the greatest signs of God's love for us is that He is with us. Now watch this. There is nothing special about Mary. Mary, by anybody's standards, did not stand out. No one should have cared for her. No one should have paid attention to her. No one should have given her a second look or even the time of day by all the world's standards. But the king of heaven shows up and sends an angel and says, Hey, guess what? You are so loved that God is with you and God is going to use you. And can I tell you something amazing? All of a sudden, her life goes from just being ordinary and with no future. And all of a sudden, something happens inside of her because the God of heaven chose her. And I tell you that being chosen by God is what makes the ordinary special. Now I've been off of my notes every service this morning and this one is not going to be much difference. But somebody needs to hear this preacher today. God has sent me with a message for somebody today. You may not feel worthy. You may feel unholy. You may feel like you've been used up and worn out and there is no purpose for you in the kingdom of heaven. But I want you to understand that the God of glory has come to this earth to tell you that you are chosen. You are his favored. You are one that is loved and no matter what you've done and where you've been, God still loves you. 
But see, when I say that, some of you go, yep, he's preaching to them. No, I'm preaching to everybody that's in this room and everybody who's watching and everybody that's listening. I'm telling you all that the God of heaven has passed by what you thought was perfection and he's found perfection enough in you to say that that's the one I choose. And that's the one I love. But you struggle with it. You struggle with the fact that God could somehow use you. Watch this though. Luke chapter 1 verse 46 says this. And Mary's reply, she says, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. In other words, she, she doesn't start talking about how wonderful she is and she's been waiting on God to show up and for God to finally see her value. She says, For, for he has been mindful of the humble. He sees that, that I'm just a humble servant girl. But from now on, all generations shall call me blessed. Can I tell you something today? Most of us have the wrong mindset about our faith. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody needs to get this today. Most of us have the wrong mindset about our faith. We just want to make it to heaven. But can I tell you that God didn't call you just to make it? God called you so that other people can rise up and say, I don't know why he used them, but he did use them. And let God be glorified because he took a broken people and said, that's who I can use. I sat in this, uh, on a stool Wednesday night and told stories about the starting of our church. What I, I didn't tell you is that when we came to this community, nobody wanted in this, us in this community. They resisted us in this community. They didn't want us to have a church in this community of our kind because they said we don't understand what it means to be that kind of a church. And they, they didn't want us enough. They actually, I, I was coming back in from Haiti and was notified they had sold our church on the courthouse steps. That's a good way to come home. They sold it on the courthouse steps because, quote, quote, we don't recognize you as a church because you're not this denomination or this denomination. Do you know what that did for us? It made me feel rejected and unwanted, but it put a fire in me to do something in spite of those that said we couldn't. And you know what we began to do? We began to trust God. But because we were rejected... The religious community would not come to church here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Back then I'd be like, we're as good as any other church. But now I'm like, thank you God. Because God started sending the people that nobody else wanted. That nobody else saw value in. That nobody else desired. And they came in and look what God has done. It's spread around the world. There's a real God who can really change your life. Amen. Why? Because he says, I chose you. See, the problem is, you don't feel chosen. You feel broken. But he knew where you would be, and he still chose you. Do you know what I say when somebody, I mean, I'm preaching it, and I hear somebody go, you're chosen to God. You know what I say? I, I, can I, I hate to be so real, but I say, your mistake. Do you know Why? Because I'm subject to fail him. I make mistakes. This thing gets me into a lot of trouble. Thank you for not saying amen. <laughs> but I make mistakes. I'm not adequate so many times to matching up to what I feel like I should be doing. And I can let my 
mistakes define me. Or I can let the fact that He chose me and He loves me define me. I want you to listen to what I'm about to tell you. Do you know what the, the distance is between where most of us are and where most of the people that God has used greatly is? It's what you believe defines you. So my question for you is, what has defined you? Because during this time of year, the enemy will start pulling you down and pulling you back and telling you you're not adequate and you don't have enough of this and you don't have enough of that. And it's one of the most isolating time of year that you could ever imagine. I want you to listen. Mary said, Lord, you blessed me. You chose me. And what was the promise? You're not alone. I'm right here with you. God didn't say, okay, you're chosen and say, go off and do it on your own. He said, no, 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 I will walk with you and I will talk with you and I will lead you along the way. Look what Luke 153 says. I love this. She said, I, did, I felt alone and I was broken. Somebody needs to get this. Your brokenness, your tears of the night have been heard. He has filled the hungry with good things. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. God cannot feed and fill those who are full of themselves. But He has heard those who are desperate in the darkness. And He wants to fill you with good things. With good praise reports. When everybody else says impossible, He says possible. He's faithful and He's good. Do you know the difference? Oh, watch this. Watch this. Luke 138. What does Mary say when they say to her, okay, God's chose you. Mary responded, well, I'm the Lord's servant. That sounds all holy, doesn't it? In other words, she's like, okay, do to me what you want. Now, I want you to think about what I just said for just a moment. Okay, do to me what you want. May what you have promised about me come true. Most of us have stepped back in life and said, okay, give it your best shot. And we've allowed life to dictate so many failures to us. We've let the people who've harmed us and hurt us dictate our futures. But instead, we should step up and say, okay, God... Your mistake. <laughs> you chose me. <laughs> now you're stuck with me. <laughs> Do with me what you want. And can I tell you something? God's not stuck with you. He chose you. And he loves you. So how are you going to walk in this victory? I've already told you like twice. But let's see it from the scriptures. Luke chapter 1 verse 45. This is what the angel says. You ready for this? You are blessed because you have believed. What did the Bible say in John 3? For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son that whosoever would believe. Could your victory be only hindered by your lack of believing God's promises? 
Could the hope that God has for you only be held back because you believe the lie of the devil more than you believe the promise of God? You better start saying amen because I'm going to start preaching if you don't. Come on now. Could it be that you believed everybody else's negative prophecy about you long enough? Everybody who said you're going to be just like your daddy, you're going to be just like your mama, you're never going to amount to anything, you're, you're never going to outrun this, you're never going to become anything, and that you believed those prophecies long enough? Could it be that you believed your own garbage, self-fulfilling defeat long enough? Could you instead begin to believe the promises of the Most High God who said you are chosen, you are loved, and you are highly favored before the Lord? Amen. And the only thing that opened this up for her was, ready for this? You are blessed because you believed what God has said. I know what some of you are saying. I could believe God if an angel showed up and told me to. I mean, this angel shows up in light and an angel shows up and tells her, I could believe God if, if, if an angel said, God's chosen you. I'm not any angel, but apparently I'm what you got. God's chosen you. Because can I tell you what I'm really doing? I'm repeating what I've been told. He's chosen you. He's called you. He's favored you. He loves you. Have you got that yet? You're what? Loved, so loved. You are chosen and you are what? Loved. You're so, no, no, you're not just loved. You see, I, I've, got, I've got glasses in my house that I like. I've got cups that I love. There are certain cups when my kids touch them, they're going to realize Dad so loves that. Luke one forty nine. This is so important. The mighty one has worked a mighty miracle. For me. Don't you love when God shows you right in the middle of your sermon something you didn't see before? The mighty one has worked a mighty miracle. Can, is it possible that God could not do something within his nature? He is mighty, so his miracles are mighty. God wants to do something mighty for you, and holy is his name. But here's the part I want you to see here. And I'm read it, reading it to you from the Passion Translation. Mercy kisses all his godly lovers from one generation to the next. Here's the reality. Okay? Gary, come up here just, just a second. Come up here just one second. All right. So, good to see you, Gary. Love, Gary. Let me just illustrate to you how you show a Christian brother you love him. It has to be like this. Three good... All right. Now that, this is good to see you. Nice to meet you. This is Andy, my brother. I love you. All right. We're there. But go back to that verse. Mercy kisses. <laughs> Son, I love you. Let me show you. You're good, you're good, because the illustration stops there. Because a kiss 
demands more intimacy than most of us are willing to give. I know what some of you are saying, but brother, the scripture says, greet each other with a holy kiss. Do not come up to me after service. You may get knocked down. <laughs> Listen to me. Because a kiss is more intimate. What's that verse say again? Jake's like, man, you're making me work out today. Here we go. No, mercy kisses. Could it be the only way you're ever going to really be intimate with God is to actually believe His promises? Say, I'm tired of playing games. Because trying to serve God without believing God, can I tell you what that's called? Religion. And that will leave you broken and defeated. But to open your heart that says, God, here I am, broken and defeated, and scarred and stained and holy and unholy and failed. And he comes rushing in like the father in the prodigal son story, and he covers us with kisses. Oh, the goodness of his grace. How many of you understand that this is just some real simple points right here? He chose you, he loves you. He's chose you, he loves you. When I started preaching almost 40 years ago, um, I, wanted you, I wanted to preach messages that showed people I knew what I was talking about. I wanted them to think I was smart, maybe, and then I realized I wasn't fooling anybody. And guess what? Now all I want is for us to get it. To get, not my sermon but God's truths. That He's chosen us and He loves us. And so what I have to really tell you is what you listen to affects where you are. Now look, it's last week. Somebody sends me this, this song and I'm actually on the way. Uh, I, had to, I had to stop by a store to get something and I'm I'm on the way uh, to do this, and as I'm, I'm on the way to do this, I'm, they send me this song, and, and you know I'm very, very proud of, of, of our family's heritage, Native American heritage, and, is, and they send me this praise and worship that has worship and Native American worship mixed into it, and, and, and then it has my favorite singer growing up from Petra uh, as a part of it, and, and, and I mean, so I'm driving down the road, and I mean, you know, the whole, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. You could just, you wouldn't want to be in my car. But I'm getting there, and I get to the store, and the whole way there, I've been listening to this worship and this Native American side of things, and and I walk in, and I will just tell you, I snuck out this morning before Christina could tell me if my outfit was good. And I walk in, and I see this shirt, and I was like. That reminds me of Christmas and Native American meeting. I said, you don't even need a shirt. I'm like, buying it. Buying it. Because that was what was in my spirit. Can I tell you that what you've been buying into in life is because of what you've let in your spirit?
And if you could just buy into what I've been telling you today, you're not a mistake. You're chosen. You are loved. You're highly favored of God. That you didn't deserve to be walked out on or thrown away. You didn't deserve what happened to you. You didn't deserve the pain and the struggles. And, 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 and how dare somebody have the audacity to tell you that what you're going through now might somehow be God's punishment on you. No, I can tell you who you are. God made heaven angry when it didn't understand why he would walk past all the beauty and choose us. But yet he did. And you are so loved. That's how he sees you. Some of you feel like the forgotten child. He wants you to know he's the father who cradles you in his arms. Won't you stand with me today? So that's why I've told you these things today. So that when you're driving, when you're riding, when you're walking, when you're buying into stuff, that you stop settling and selling yourself to sin because you've got a better voice going in your head that says you are chosen, you are loved, and you are not condemned. You are the children of the Most High God. Let me tell you this, and the service is over. I'm going to pray. When God rearranges a sermon and you've got notes there and you barely get there, you usually have this idea of, was that God? Or did I just get emotional? First service, this, this didn't resemble what happened first service. But it was the same points. We're chosen, we're loved, we're so loved. We're what? So loved. That I'm out after first service and my, my phone goes off and, and normally I probably wouldn't even look, but I, I just happened to take my phone out and look and it's, it's my parents. And, and my father, the man who taught me to pastor, has sent a message. I'm like, Dad, Dad's not supposed to text. <laughs> and don't even try to text, talk. <laughs> not a good thing. <laughs> but I'm like, it's my dad. And he's like, son, you don't know how much I needed to be reminded that I'm chosen and I'm loved. So you know what that tells me? That nobody's too mature for this message. Because we all have been buying into lies. God has chose you. And you may not feel loved right this moment. But all things will work for your good. Because you are loved. Bow your heads with this place. I'm about to ask people to respond. And as they respond, if you're online, and, and, and I want to encourage you to respond also. Some of you may be at home sick and you're not feeling loved right this moment, but you are. If you needed this truth this morning, I want you to, I want you to acknowledge that. I want you to, if you're, if you're present, raise your hand. If you're online, I want you to say, that's me. Okay. Yes, the majority of hands in this place. You're loved. Put those down. I think that God meets us where we need to be. And he invites us to where he's called us to be. So as we 
prepare to conclude this. Listen to what I'm about to say to you. The only thing holding most of us out of the promises of God is a belief. We believe the wrong things. I want to talk to those of you who know Jesus for just a moment, but if you say, Pastor, you know what? I, there's some areas in my life because I'm struggling with unbelief. And I know God's calling me to have faith in Him, but I need Him to strengthen my faith. If that's you, let me see your hand right where you are. If you're online, say, that's me. Okay. All right, put those down. I'm about to pray for all of these that have raised their hand. There's one more question. Whether you're present or online, today, if you would say, Pastor, I've never really believed upon Jesus because I didn't feel worthy. All of the struggles and all of the sins have held you back and you've never believed on Jesus. And today you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. If that's you, I haven't embarrassed anybody that raised their hand and I'm not going to embarrass you. I will deal with you right where you are. If you say today, I want to believe Jesus and I want to make him my Savior. Can I see your hand right where you are? Would you hold it up high? Hold it up high in the air where I can see. Join these others that have already responded today. This is your day. This is your moment. If you're online, Mark, that's me. That's me. I'm waiting for just a second more. God is faithful. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just a second more. Don't allow your unbelief to hold you back. I'm sure you're going to push us over the edge. No, I'm inviting you to jump out in faith and walk on the water. Is there one more that join with these today? Say, today is the day. I want to surrender my life completely to Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that's in this place. And I'm arrested by him yet now. And I declare these words over your children. Do you think that God hasn't hurt you? Do you think that God's hand is shortened? That He can't deliver you? Do you think that God is unable to fulfill His promises to you? Then stand your ground. Look unto the Lord from where your help comes. Look up to the hills of God's promises and you shall see the favor of God again. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody that's that's literally like a fire inside of your spirit right now. It's ingrating in you. You are not forgotten. You are not forsaken. You are the chosen children of the Most High God. Father, I thank you that you have been good to us. And because of your blessings, we are chosen and we are so loved in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, give God some praise. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.